Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. Welcome to this week's Z2A podcast with me, Mark, and Jules from the multi-award winning Future Toolbox. Hello. Now, this is where we pick a letter and a topic and we discuss how you can use our tools to improve your own personal development and life. So, what's this week's letter? (laughs) This week's letter that we've chosen is D for doubt. So, we're going to explore the reasons of why you doubt yourselves and why that can actually take over. Now, here's something that I researched. Self-doubt is learnt. You are not born with self-doubt. And we've spoken about this before, because when you have children or you watch a child growing up and learning to walk, they don't doubt themselves. No, it's very true, isn't it? They don't say, walking's not for me, I fell over. They just get back up and they walk. Generally, us adults will laugh the first time they fall over. It's, oh, you fell over, oh, bless you, like that. And we'll make a big fuss of it. And they don't go, oh, I feel a little bit self-conscious here. Do you know what? I'm going to crawl around for the rest of my life. No, no. So something happens as you're growing up that gives you this doubt. Do you know, generally, it's from the opinions of others as you're growing up that creates that doubt within your mind. Yeah, you have a big, strong peer pressure, I suppose, from other kids at nursery. Then you go into school, then you go into work later on in life as you grow up. Yeah. And people sort of tell you you can't do things. Well, yeah, if you think about the biggest influences on your lives as you're growing up are the people who actually raise you, the people that are involved in helping you go from that young baby up to being a responsible adult so it can mean it's your parents whether it be you have both parents or single parents or whether it's grandparents so it's the people that you spend a lot of time with when you're young you kind of soak up their influence don't you yeah and this that could be quite risky because the parents might be sitting there going well I don't tell my kids they can't do anything and put self-doubt into their mind but sometimes it can be the protection I guess yeah I remember reading a study about how many times we hear the word no as a child Mm. as well. So you sort of grow up, you fall over, take them first few steps and everybody goes, oh, come on, you can do it. Yeah, well done. You took two more steps before you fell over this time. But then the child will go stick their finger in a plug socket, for instance, and the (laughs) parent will go, no, don't do that because that's very dangerous. Mm. And then they'll go to put something in their mouth and then they're told, no, don't do that. And generally they're being told, no, don't do those things because that's part of protection. But then it might come to something where a child might say, I'm going to try this. And the parent goes, well, you know, maybe I wasn't very good at that at school or when I was your age. So I'm going to protect you and say, don't do that. You might make a fool of yourself if you fail. So yeah, it can be a big influence us as adults on children and younger people around us by saying, actually, be careful of that. Don't try it because you might fail. Sometimes the whole self-doubt can just come on quite suddenly because of the result of a specific experience. For example, do you remember standing at school waiting to be picked on the football or the rounders team? Yeah, I was always last. 
I was just going to say yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> and you're the last one there, and it's immediately, nobody wants me. I oh, know, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for this team. And that could be something that starts that whole self-doubting and that lack of confidence. Yeah, I remember when I was at school, I entered a competition called Champion Athlete, and it was a little bit like a decathlon, but you did it over 10 weeks or so. And it was at lunchtime. I remember it was on a Friday lunchtime. So you had to basically break up from your lesson for lunch, go straight to the PE room, get changed in the changing rooms and go out and do one particular discipline. And I remember doing about three or four of these events. I was last, basically, putting it bluntly, I was last, but I kept going. And then it came to shot put. I just remember throwing this really heavy cannonball and didn't go very far. Cannonball? Yeah. (laughs) I love that description of a shot. Are they actually called cannonballs? I don't know. I think they're called shots or puts. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I remember throwing this really heavy iron ball cannonball thingy. And it probably dropped about two metres in front of me. And I, I was terrible at it. I was really awful. I had no technique or anything like that. And there was one lad who just kept telling me how bad I was and really, really rubbing my nose in it. And I said, look, come on, I'm taking part in this. And I sort of tried to stand up for myself a little bit. Mm. But he just carried on telling me how bad I was. And it was tough. So I said, look, if if that carries on, I'm going to quit. And I did. I quit champion athlete because I thought I can't do this. I keep finishing last. Now, what I didn't think at the time was I was actually beating all the people that didn't even bother going in for it. And if I'd have completed it, I'd have got some kind of certificate of recognition that I completed it, whether I come first, last or whatever. That's the thing with self-doubt. It is like a defence mechanism, which is driven by that fear. Fear of failure, of being embarrassed in front of the whole school or your work colleagues. And, you know, it can prevent us from achieving what it is that we're trying to achieve within life. So the key of how to get rid of the self-doubt is to work out ways to overcome the fears There are a a number of ideas and tools and tips to help you if self-doubt is stopping you from moving forward. The first one that I'd like to talk about is working out what are your limiting beliefs. So what is your belief system about yourself that is limiting you and stopping you from being able to achieve your goals? Yeah, the limiting beliefs is one of the biggest things that holds us back because we see somebody else doing something and we think, well, maybe I can't do that. Or you try it once, you fall down and you don't get back up like a child would when they're learning to walk. Most people actually quit something new within the first two weeks if they've even tried it at all. So there's different stages. Somebody will go, I'm never going to be any good at that, so I won't try it. Somebody might try something I think, do you know, this is really hard. I can't do that, so I'm going to stop now. Yeah. So and it's such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit like really examining your limiting beliefs and possibly writing those down and identifying what it is that is holding you back and how you can change that. This is why... I don't think I can do that. And it could be that you've been told it so many times whilst you were growing up that it's ingrained in your mindset. And then you need to work out how you can change that. And one of the greatest ways of changing it, and we talk about it quite a number of times on our podcasts, is tip number two, 
change your self-talk. Oh, yeah. I love that one. The way we speak to ourselves. If somebody says something to us really, really nasty and cutting, we would look at it and go, that wasn't very nice. Mm. But we talk to ourselves like this all the time. We say, we can't do this. We're not good enough. This is too hard. So I'm not even going to bother trying. I've always mentioned this in workshops about changing the I can'ts to I cans. Yeah. And that language is so, so powerful. So if you say, for example, I can't draw, you hear that quite a lot. People will say, oh, I'm useless. If I pick up a pencil, I really can't draw. I haven't got a creative bone yeah. in my body. That's what some people say. If you say I can't draw, you're basically saying I won't draw. So I'm not going to do that. I won't do it. If you change the language and say, OK, maybe I'm not very good at drawing. I don't have that skill. However, how could I learn to be better at it? And this is the thing that we're saying about the self-talk is that the words that you use will create your reality. So if you're constantly saying, I can't do that, you're telling yourself that you cannot do that. And that will then is your belief. Today, I'm going to set a challenge to stop believing everything that your inner critic is saying to you. So you've got to stop and you can argue with it. You can have a good argument with yourself. I love a good argument with myself (laughs) and say, no, you're talking absolute rubbish, Jules. You know you can do this. You know you've got that in you. You're just telling yourself you can't because you're frightened that you're going to fail. And what happens if you fail? You'll learn how to do it. It's another experience on how to do it. So go and have an argument with yourself. Stand in the front of the mirror, have an argument. I guarantee that one of you will win anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but make it be the positive one that will win. It will be the positive one because you, honestly, you want it to be positive. You want to be able to achieve it. So you've got to argue with that inner critic until it shuts up. I'm going to do number three next. And this is focus on your goals. So a lot of us have goals in life. We actually believe we can do this or we will achieve this. But a lot of people, unfortunately, have a lot of goals that they don't believe they'll achieve. We've run goal setting programs for people for over 25 years now. And it's amazing how many times people will say something like, I want to do this or I want to achieve this or I want to be that or I want to own or live there or whatever the goal may be. But then when you say to them, how much do you believe that will happen? They go it probably won't. Mm. And that's so, so sad because you need to actually get inside your goal and you need to believe it. If you set your goal in a negative term, then you're setting yourself up for failure. So I always use the example of weight loss. Now, sometimes people say, I don't want to be overweight. Mm -hmm. That's a negative goal. Yeah. Nobody wants to be overweight. But If you focus on not being overweight, your brain will focus on the word overweight. It will focus on the negative outcome. And the negative outcome is something you don't want to be. And you're using negative words. I don't. I don't. Yeah, don't. Instead instead of, I'm going to lose. I'm going to eat healthier. But if you define your goal as what the actual outcome you want. So if you say, I want to weigh X amount of pounds or kilos, however you measure it you will be focusing on that particular goal and then you will work towards how you're going to weigh that and then that becomes a positive outcome. You're aiming for that goal, you're aiming for that target, you're aiming for that positive and you're not saying not or don't or the negative word. Yeah, that's brilliant, Mark. Absolutely spot on. Again, something that we've spoken about in previous podcasts is about having that support group with you whilst you're trying to achieve whatever these goals can be 
So you need people around you that are going to lift you up because no one achieves all of their goals all of the time without some setbacks or some areas where it doesn't go as well as you wanted. And then that negative self-doubt starts creeping back in. But if you've got a really good group of supportive friends, colleagues, or somebody that's actually trying to achieve some of the same goals, that ability to be able to lift each other will help you keep those doubts at bay. Yeah, I love this in the running community. And I wrote quite a lot about it in the book Half Man, Half Marathon, shameless plug, (laughs) which you can get on our website or Amazon, of course. But yes, the running community was very, very supportive. So when I first started out running, I would find that there would be people who were better than me, but would encourage me and say, oh, Mark, you've done really well today. That's a great time, a great race, or you've done really, really well there. As I got more experienced in running, I would do that for other people. And by me encouraging them, they would encourage me back. The support, you've got your own cheerleaders around you. There's nothing I love more than finishing a race and everybody's cheering everybody on, even the last person that crosses the line. They probably get the biggest cheer because the first person crossing the line, we're all still in the race, so we haven't got a chance to cheer them on, have we? So get your own cheerleaders on board. Get those people around you that have got like-minded goals. So hit us with number five. What's tip number five? Well, the other thing that I was going to just sort of bring into this conversation is whilst you're working towards these goals, you're seeking the support and getting the help to lift you and your confidence. Very often what happens, and I see this quite a bit, people spend a lot of time talking about it well I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to go and do this and I'm I want to start running I'm going to do a 10k by the end of the year but what they do is they talk to a lot of people about it and then start making excuses why they haven't started so this tip is really get started start working towards those goals and we've said it again many times before It's okay to start small. Everybody starts small. Nobody achieves their goals by going from zero to 100%. But you've got to start taking action, guys. Otherwise, you will just stay in that little bubble that that self-doubt is still there. So get going. Get going. Have that argument and get going. Have the argument with yourself. (laughs) When am I going to get started? Now. But it's too cold outside. No, now you're going to get started now. Yeah, the first step outside the door is normally the hardest one. The first step on the goal is normally the hardest. Absolutely. You're going to trip over. You're going to find it hard. Not literally trip over if you're running, but you're going to find it hard. And let's face it, is anything in life easy? It isn't. And we would go back to the analogy of when you're very young and you're learning to walk. Let's face it, you crawl first. Yeah. And then you start taking your first tentative little steps Nobody wakes up one morning as that child of about one years old and thinks, right, I'm going to start walking today, gets up and off they go and can run a marathon in a week's time. I've been meaning to do this for a while. I've been meaning to do this. (laughs) Tip number six, then, is to build resilience. And again, this comes with practice. Nothing ever happens overnight. We've talked a lot about this in the past podcast as well, about practice makes perfect And that is such a dangerous phrase to say. And I use the word dangerous because it sounds quite exciting. But if you go for perfect, let's face it, do we get perfection in anything? I'd like to consider that I'm a good runner, but I'm not a perfect runner. I'd like to say that you're very, very, very good at cooking and preparing dishes and some amazing recipes. Are you perfect? Do you get it right every single time? 
No. Not every single time. They are very good. I sometimes make disasters. I'll tell you one that I did this week. I tried to make a sewed bread loaf, and I've done it before successfully, but I did it in a different way, and it just tasted like a cake. And then the week before, I'd seen it on Instagram, I think, how to make tortillas out of lentils. And I thought, wow, that's brilliant. Do you think I could do it? <laughs> I remember four many, attempts going in the bin. How many <laughs> times did I, I was like, oh, try it again. I did keep going, I, I must admit. I tried quite a number of attempts and um, not quite sure where I went wrong, but I'm sure that I'll try it again, but maybe change the ingredients slightly. But the thing is, though, you tried that. It didn't quite work. OK, you may not have made the tortillas again, but you made something else. You tried something else. You tried something else. Why did you do that? Because, number one, you didn't aim for perfection. And that was constantly building your resilience. So you just keep moving forward. You keep taking small steps towards big goals. So, yeah, there's lots of little tips in there. If you do suffer from self-doubt, and it's a very common, normal thing to do, but, yeah, use these tips to help you overcome any self-doubt you have by doing, as we've said, identify what those limiting beliefs are and how you can get rid of them. And then change your self-talk. Remember not to use a negative language. Change the I can'ts into I cans. Focus on what it is that you want and make that your absolute goal of keeping that in the forefront of what you're trying to do. And then get those cheerleaders on your side. Get people to get involved in your goal or hang around with like-minded people. Yeah. Once you know exactly what you're going to do, get started. Don't hang about because the longer you wait, the more chance there is that you might actually put it off completely. So, yeah, get going with it. And don't aim for perfection, but do build the resilience as you step forward each time. Take those small steps in the right direction. Yeah. And the last one, I'm just going to chuck a little bit extra in there, is just be mindful of the imposter syndrome and the self-comparison with others and thinking Very that person is so, so good. What you don't realise is that person's been doing it for 15 years, you've been doing it for 15 minutes. <laughs> You're probably not going to be as good as them. A child taking their first steps isn't going to walk as well as somebody who's been walking for 15 years. That's how things work in life. So let's avoid the self-comparison and we can use those cheerleaders to help us along the way. Yeah, use those cheerleaders and don't forget to question those thoughts that come in and that inner self belief of what you're trying to achieve and change the belief to I can, I can do this. It may take a little bit of time, but I can do it. Well, I know one thing that our listeners can do. You can head over to our website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk. And you will find some amazing tools on there. I have absolutely no doubt about that. You can also find some great tips and tools on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. We're also on YouTube and you can find us on Instagram because we are... We are everywhere. And we look forward to catching you all for next week's episode. See you soon and thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox. Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Future Toolbox and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.